Welcome to Lacrosse Classified on the LAX All-Stars Podcast Network, presented by Extreme Threads. Your home for the latest news from the National Lacrosse League and Indoor Lacrosse. Now, let's talk some lacrosse with your hosts, Jake Elliott and Evan Schemenauer. What's going on, lacrosse fans? Welcome back. You found us here at Extreme Threads Lacrosse Classified on the LAX All-Stars Podcast Network. Thanks for joining us here on another Tuesday, a day after Victoria Day here in Canada. And uh, NCAA lacrosse happening down south as they work their way to Memorial Day next weekend. Uh, here on Lacrosse Classified, we will focus our attention on the indoor game in the National Lacrosse League to be specific. And a big weekend in the NLL a weekend ago, as it was game one of the NLL finals. It's Jake Elliott at Seven Sheminar with you, by the way. Thanks uh, for joining us here. Evan, let's get you in right off the top. Welcome back. Uh, game one in the books uh, from Buffalo. Where do you want to, where do you want to begin? I guess let's begin at the beginning. Yeah. Of course, we might be the, one of the rare podcasters and spending like 30 minutes on the Maryland Virginia debacle. Mm. But, yeah, yeah, you can uh, find that. You can find that, that information uh, at, on other outlets. Let's say that. Yeah, for those that didn't see it, a massive error by the officials. No replay. Ball that hit the crossbar got counted as a game tying goal, and Virginia wins it in overtime. But let's back to the NLL here. Second, oh, where can we start with this game? I mean. I guess the first thing is an, an opening half, which mimicked the game in Calgary a week ago. Yeah, you really, you really got the feeling early in that game that Matt Vince and, and Del Bianco, who were you know talked about quite heavily, and obviously a, a focus going into this game that it was going to be a goaltending duel between. Uh, the youngster in Del Bianco and, and, and Matt Vince, uh, who's going to be the goaltender of the year. It, it, it was a, a real kind of focal point of the series going into it and it didn't disappoint i mean both goaltenders were super sharp and i like you you asked me is 20 and a half the right number for an over under and and i think it probably was it was well under that number um as we might as well let them know 10 7 the final the calgary roughnecks take game one of the finals on the road and i think was it you that put up the stat evan that the teams that have no, I think it was the NLL fact of the day that teams that have won Game One of the finals when it's been a series have gone on to win the championship like five out of six times, and the only team that didn't do it were the 2014 Calgary Roughnecks. Yeah, and Graham Perro gave us another tidbit there. That opening half, it tied the record for the fewest goals in a half in an NLL final at four. Broke the record for the opening half, which used to be six. I mean, these guys were just dialed in. And with with Buffalo's end of things, Calgary has taken a lot of long shots in the opening half. Not a whole lot of fabulous scoring opportunities. But on the other end, Del Bianco was saving things left, right, and center. You know, defense breaking down low, and he's bailing them out. And this is one thing that David Brock brought up on his Twitter page, and he's exactly right. 
not only was Del Bianco making these crazy saves, but his rebound. Oh, I was just about to say, I'm glad. So effective. Yeah, like I, I was literally just waiting to kind of chime in with that, and and I'm glad you brought that up because to me that was really what was most effective about his game. Not only was he stopping the ball, but they were staying in his crease, and the and the transition was heading back the other way. I don't, was it the was it the for end of the first quarter or the end of the second quarter where Buffalo shot the ball way too early? Um, and, and threw a bit of a muffin at Del Bianco, soaked it right in his belly pad, and, and had a crack at the empty net. And it was, you know, not off by much. We've seen Del Bianco uh, come close a couple of times. I think he's actually scored one as well. But you're right, like that, like he was not giving any second chances up to guys like Fraser or Hogarth or Durston who like to kind of poach around the top of the crease and, and look for look for rebounds and stickback goals. They just weren't there. You know, and when you got a 2-2 game at the half, you're thinking, okay, you know, what are these offenses generating? Here's the stats on it. Vince was 18 for 20, 900 save percentage. But Del Bianco stopped 26 shots in that opening half. Like, this was not a, you know, an easy take. Now, yeah, they were feeling one another out, but Buffalo was getting great chances. And, I mean, you know, the the ones that Del Bianco let in, you know, Mitch Wild missed completely missed a slide on one of them. They gave a wide open look. The other thing to take from this opening half, though, too, is Reese Dutch. You know, <laughs> yeah. we, I'm staring we at the score the, sheet right now, and, and and it's funny. Like Calgary gets yeah. two goals in that opening half. Uh, Buffalo gets two, and three of them are from former Vancouver players. And that first one, my goodness, if, if you didn't get to see the game, the first one is it's late in the shot clock. You're just trying to get something on goal that is, you know, hopefully you're going to get a reset. And Dutch launches this thing from the restraining line and picks the corner absolutely perfect. <laughs> and, and we'll talk about this later in the show, just all these guys, yeah, that, Vancouver has let go for nothing, mm. and and the, and the roster is probably better than their roster today. Yeah, <laughs> wait, old. wait till you hear this. Uh, the boys, uh, us and the lacrosse flash guys, kind of compiled a list of not only players that Vancouver has just let go for completely nothing, um, but also a list of players that were taken, which would have been their draft picks had they not made some of the deals that they made. So um, we'll get into that later. But, yeah, so 2-2 at the half here in Buffalo. And, and like, the Bandits, they win the shots on goal. They win the loose ball battle. They win the face-off battle. Uh, They win the special teams battle as well. There's only four power plays in this game, two for each team. And Buffalo goes one for two. Calgary goes 0 for two. But Buffalo across the board... Looked like they had the better numbers and were the better team, but Dane Doby, I mean, Evan, like, out of an MVP season here, he puts up six points in game one of the NLL final, and it might have been one of his, one of his best performances of the season. Yeah, and uh, reminder, we didn't talk about our guests, but one of the guests, of course, is Dan McRae this week. Right. He gets an, he gets an opening goal early in the half, and then it's the Dane Doby show, and he finally got to enforce his will, you know, use his body size, use his first step. And the seven goals Matt Vince let in the second half 
most of them not his fault. Like it is a defensive breakdown that somebody gets open down low. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Doby just took over in that third quarter. And the, the other thing, of course, we got to keep in mind, there was that one challenge that happened early in the fourth. And this was, it's a rarity you see this. What, if what happens is, is that Buffalo comes down, Ethan O'Connor grabs a rebound, stuffs it over Del Bianco. LaBranche waves it off on a crease violation. And while Buffalo's trying to look at the scoreboard to think if they're going to challenge it or not, Dane Doby goes down the other end of the floor and scores. Now they've got to throw the challenge flag because it's either going to be a 6-3 game mm-hmm. which, or a 5-4 game. And unfortunately, O'Connor's toe, literally his toe is on the line. And... Once it was 6-3 Calgary, this game was, in effect, over. Yeah, I mean, it was ultra close for O'Connor, and he had the white shoes on, and, of course, the white crease line. Like, you almost think if he was wearing black shoes, would that have changed the call? Like, it was that close, and it was such a huge goal in that game and a real turning point. But, yeah, I... Dan McRae, uh, who we'll have on here in about half an hour's time. Josh Byrne from the Bandits uh, will be our other guest. He had two and two and was one of Buffalo's better players in game one. But you you go back to it, and, and Dobie just had the knack to score the big goal at the big time moment and, and kind of kept the momentum going for Calgary. But you look at this score, Evan, a 10-7. Like, for me, I thought Matt Vince is going to hold Calgary under 10 would Del Bianco be able to hold Buffalo under 10 like that was kind of my question going into this game and I do we see another scoreline like this in game two I I think Matt Vince is going to be Matt Vince again and I think Calgary had to work real hard to get 10 by him can Del Bianco hold Buffalo's offense to under 10 again in game two on their home floor like I kind of feel like they can't but that is a tall test to try and shut that Buffalo offense down two games in a row. No, he absolutely can. His goals against his save percentage, I'm trying to remember what it is, like 863 in the playoffs. It's, it's astronomical. Yeah, I, I want to say, though, Evan, going up against the San Diego Seals without Austin Stotts and going up against the Colorado Mammoth who – Whose offense was really unflourishing all all season long. Um, that's a little different than going up against a fourteen and four Bandits offense that's loaded with stars. Right, but he was still eight seventy three at the end of this game. No, that's what I'm just saying. Like, yeah, he he did it in game one, no question about it. He did it in game one against the Bandits, and he did it on the road in his first NLL final. Like it's, I don't think that performance can be overstated. Like that was incredible. What what Del Bianco was able to do, and and to do it on the road in Buffalo, going up against a guy like Matt Vince, and you're in your first NLL final. Like that is a crazy performance out of Del Bianco. No, and it's turned. This playoffs has turned out to be the year of the goaltender. I was looking back on the stats. So we've had seven playoff games so far. That's 14 goaltending performances. Out of those 14, 10 of them, the goaltender's been above 790. In eight of them, they've been over 800. And actually, of those eight, three of them are losing performances, including, well, and Matt Vince went 791 in this game. So four of the top 10. At this stage, if Calgary wins this thing, Del Bianco's got to be the MVP. 
I think so. I mean, uh, Dolby's got to be in the conversation, Dixon maybe, but I mean, for me, Del Bianco, what he's been able to do, um, especially in the last two games, I mean, against Colorado in the in the Western final and then game one, like, that's what I'm saying though, like that's apples and oranges to me almost, the Colorado and the Buffalo games, like I don't know if you can really compare those two games. I guess you have to because the numbers don't lie. But for me, I want to see him do it again in the final at home with the championship trophy in the building. The pressure's there. I believe in the kid. Like I, 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 <laughs> I've watched him firsthand win some real big lacrosse games. But this is will be the biggest game that, that Christian Del Bianco has ever played. And the pressure will never be higher. Uh, it'll be higher if, if it goes back to a third game in Buffalo – but I want to see if Christian Del Bianco and that Calgary, and I'm not putting it all on the phenom here because I think the Calgary Roughneck defense and, and in particular Rob Williams and, and the coaching staff there put a, put a, a phenomenal game plan in effect to try and shut Buffalo's def, or offense down. And, and I just I want to see if that unit of the defense and Del Bianco can do it again against that Bandits offense in, a, in an elimination game. No, I, I think they can. And you, let's go back here on another one of our forums. You had a who you got with a scoreline. And when I put 9-8 down for the Roughnecks, everybody thought it was crazy. And 10-7, including an empty netter at the end. Mm. It's. It, I think Calgary can do this. I think they can pull it off. And, I, you know, Del Bianco is more than capable of stealing the show again. He might have to to beat Buffalo, but when you're at home, it's a little easier to do it than it is at Banditland. Well, and, and you got to think that the mentality there for Calgary is to go into that game and finish the deal on their home floor. You, you know they don't want to go back to Buffalo for a deciding game three. So I think if Calgary is going to win, they're going to have to do it here uh, at home because I think if it goes back to Buffalo, then I like the Bandits' chances. You know what I'm saying there? No, absolutely, but, well, Calgary beat them. I know, <laughs> I know, possible, but you know? to do it twice, I'm not, not saying they can't. Like, if you go back, and, and I was on <laughs> LSN, and I was on the NLL Flash, and inside the NLL, whatever, going into the playoffs, and, and check check the tape, Evan. Like I said, Calgary is the team for me that's rolling into the playoffs here the hottest and has the best chance to win, and I wasn't counting out Buffalo because – They've been the most consistent, I think, the best team over the course of the entire year. But again, we go back to it, and, and you, you put it out there on, on Twitter, Evan. The Calgary Roughnecks are undefeated with the natural Jesse King in their lineup. And, and as much as King didn't have any massive stats in this game, the difference really is is that now you've got two guys on that left side that are both dangerous, and you can't just focus on Doby as much as you used to be able to. Yeah. So that gives him more time, and it just rounds out that offense a lot better. Well, it takes pressure off of Riley Lowe, and it takes pressure off of Dan Taylor. Like they don't feel like they need to contribute because Jesse quarterback's going to power or quarterback the power play. He's going to chip in with a goal or two. But again, we talked to him last week, Evan, and and I'm a huge Jesse King fan. There's no no mistaking that. But I just think he's one of those guys that makes everybody around him better. Like, he elevates everybody's game when he's around because 
he puts passes in your stick, and he sets the proper type of pick in the right spot on the floor. He'll go into those corners and come up with an extra possession for your offense. And then he's just, like, he's amazing on the forecheck and, and stripping guys, getting the ball back. Like, he, he really brings a, a huge added dimension. And speaking of that, Evan, as they go into game two back in Calgary, and another advantage for the Roughnecks going into that game is we know that Tyler Pace is going to get back in the lineup, which takes Shane Simpson back into his more um, customary role coming out of the back end in a transition role. So he might even come out of the lineup for Pace. I'm not sure what they're going to do there. Uh, they, they may just pull Simpson and put Pace in and keep the defense the way it was. That's probably the way to go. Um, but Calgary, I mean, there's no question they're a better team with Tyler Pace on the floor. And keep this in mind. Here's a name we really haven't even mentioned yet. Curtis Dixon, he went one and one. When Curtis Dixon goes one and one, you expect Calgary to lose every time. That's just how much everybody else pitched into this effort. Yeah, and that's impressive because you know Curtis Dixon isn't going to go one and one again. Like he's he's too prolific to not have a big bounce back game. And and you look at the Buffalo side of things, like Sean Evans one and four, okay. Uh, Corey Small two and one, that's probably just below his average. Dane Smith, one and one. You got to think he's going to bust out a little bit uh, come game two. They're they're not going to hold Dane Smith silent forever. Um, but nobody. I mean, to to keep Buffalo in check, like Durston goes bagels. Uh, what did what did Hogarth have? I don't. Fraser just one goal. No, Hogarth nothing for yeah, Fraser. No, nothing no, for Hogarth. Just yeah, one for Fraser. Yeah. So I mean, Josh yeah. Byrne was solid with two and two, and and, and I just. Again, I'm going to give the Calgary Roughneck defense and that goaltending performance from CDB a, a ton of credit. But Buffalo was 14-4 and four for a reason on the year, and I just don't know if you hold them silent like you did in Game 1, going into an elimination game where they know they can't lose again. So we'll see how Game 2 plays out. We'll probably chat about it a little bit more coming up here on the podcast but uh we're about 15 minutes in and that means it's time to get to our first guest here on extreme threads lacrosse classified it is number 22 for the buffalo Ben. it's also a member of that chaos lacrosse club maybe we'll talk a little bit about that as well with none other than josh byrne here on the other side keep it locked right here on the lacrosse all-stars podcast network Associated Labels and Packaging is in the business of creating first impressions. They'll help you reflect your company values accurately by offering solutions that fit your product needs. With the latest in printing technology and over 35 years of experience, Associated Labels and Packaging is the perfect fit for your company to take your labels and packaging to the next level. Hey, this is Dane Smith of the Buffalo Bands and Chaos Lacrosse Club. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified on the Lax All-Star Podcast Network. Welcome back to Extreme Threads Lacrosse Classified here on the Lax All-Stars Podcast Network. You just heard the voice of Dean Smith coming out of commercial there. We had him on the podcast last week. We're going to talk to another Buffalo Bandit this week, and it just happens to be Dane Smith's roommate i'm not sure uh, dane didn't really clear up the whole cable bill scandal here josh burn why don't we start there who's responsible for paying this thing and and is it in arrears has it been taken care of it's it's always taken care of dane just likes to kind of throw me under the bus there he thinks he's he thinks he's funny um he he paid me uh 
I want to say, beginning of the season in full for the rest of the year. And then he just thinks it's funny to kind of grab my gears. I don't know why he thinks that the, the cable's never been made. Well, I tell you what, I think the fans on Instagram get a kick out of it, Josh. So uh, I'm glad that's taken care of. I I, I don't want you to see you guys in any financial trouble back there in Buffalo. Um, Why don't we we get into game one? I know it uh, it wasn't a successful one for your Bandits. It was a nice game for yourself. You had 2-2 and in that one, but you guys come up a little bit short, 10-7 against the Roughnecks, and now, uh, you know, a position where you guys have your backs up against the wall. You're going into Calgary for Game 2. What, in your mind, or, or as a team going into Game 2, Josh, do you think you guys have to do differently uh, to, to get over the Roughnecks and, and keep the series alive? Um, honestly, I, I think we need to build the hate a little bit. Um, going into Toronto the week before, I think everybody was pretty fired up and re- real hateful for that rivalry. Uh, so it was a little different uh, going into a team that you only see maybe once a year um, to try and build that hate. Um, but I think with this last game, getting punched in the mouth like that, I think that's going to do more than enough to kind of fire us up. Chris and Del Bianco played absolutely out of his mind in this game. And of course, he only got the seven goals. When a guy's playing that well, does he ever get in your head that he's just not going to be your night? Uh, not necessarily. Um, it's just, it's one of those things where we weren't really sticking to our game plan and, um, it's real easy to play goalie when the ball's not moving. Um, so we're, we're going to do a couple of different things to try and crack him. Obviously he's a great young talent. Um, growing up watching him, playing against him in junior, obviously he's a, he's a great goalie. Um, uh, but, uh, there's, there's, there's no, there's no goalie out there who's absolutely unstoppable. So we just got to find the, find the right code for them. Well, if if you do have a goalie, and that's almost unbeatable, it's the one wearing orange and black, Josh. I mean, just Mevins, his best season as a pro, I think you got to say, and and what a difference he has made to that Bandits team coming in. What kind of influence? We know what he does on the floor, Josh. But what kind of influence has maybe Matt? And I know this is maybe a weird question for a goaltender to be an influence on an offensive guy, but when you got a veteran like that who's done it all, won it all, what kind of things have you learned from Matt Vince over the year? Yeah, I mean, obviously, um, he, he brings tremendous leadership. Um, and he, he's been through it all. Uh, he's been in the league, what, 14 years. I want to say something like six finals appearances. And uh, I, I think he has a couple under his belt as well. Um, and when you kind of you kind of break everything down, you really watch – what he does to be successful, you try and take some of those things and bring it into your own game. And I think if you really watch the way he prepares, um, he's got everything down to a T. Uh, he's extremely calm. Uh, he, he knows exactly what, what he's looking for. He studies up well on, on basically every single guy he's going to face. Um, so when, when, when you're around that type of greatness day in and day out, you, you try, to, try to match that intensity every single night. Of a frustrating year for you, perhaps with the injury that happened. You're gone for an extended period of time. When that happens, how does your role evolve within the team? Uh, I mean, obviously, uh, I started out hot, was feeling pretty good, and uh, mentally it takes a toll on you. And all of a sudden, you're out for uh, what ten weeks and missing a ton of games. Um, but you can't you can't allow that to kind of show. Um, when, when, when you're actually with the team, I think you got to be more of a cheerleader and trying try to pump guys up as much as you possibly can. Um, your your role is just strictly try, trying to be the best team guy you can possibly be. 
anything anybody needs, you try and be there for them and, um, and try to have, have your teammates backs and pump as much confidence in them as you possibly can. Have, have you ever had to go through something like that before, Josh? Have you ever had an injury that's kept you out that long? No, that was that was definitely the first time, and I think even looking back for throughout the last couple of years, I think that's the first time I really haven't played the cross in that long. Um, wh- whether it's coming off of an MLL season, um, going m- m- maybe right into summer ball, and then maybe a couple of weeks off, and you're basically going right back into NLL training camp. It's all kind of just flows year round, and it's kind of nice to have your stick in your hand at all times, and then and just playing across in general. But when you're out for 10, 10 to 12 weeks, it, it kind of takes a toll on you, and it takes a little while to kind of get your stride back. And I think you saw that in the first couple of games coming back, and you, even still now. But uh, I feel like I'm starting to kind of hit my stride and uh, see the floor a, little, a lot better. Speaking with Josh Byrne of the Buffalo Bandits, and, and I want to talk about you know your summer that's going to be coming up um, here, Josh. But it, it's it's been – a fantastic year for the bandits and and you mentioned while you're out being a big team guy and and part of what i think has made buffalo successful this year is how tight this group is with the whole it's a party it's a party and i just watch kind of the dynamic of you guys in the locker room and and you know the videos that get shot when you're out there for shoot around and what you guys do away from the arena and this this seems to me to be one of the closer teams uh chemistry-wise that I've seen in a long time. And, and you know and I know and, and, and probably some of the fans know, but some may not that chemistry can take you a long, long way in this sport. Yeah, I mean, um, I mean it's, it's kind of hard to talk about it because, like, it's just it comes so naturally. Um, and I, I think we're But that's what makes good group. chemistry, though, right, Josh, is that those – sorry yeah. to cut you off, but those sort of things manifest organically, and that's what really makes a tight, cohesive team. Exactly, and I, I, I think we've done a great job of kind of sticking together when, when we when we do road trips, uh, stuff like that. It's it's not like um, sometimes you, sometimes you'll see certain teams and they're basically noses buried into their phone and uh, they don't really talk to each other very much. Like with us, it's, I, I feel like we're just a big family, um, always kind of bouncing ideas off each other, always making fun of each other. And I think I think that goes along too. You get the added benefit of having a coach and the greatest lacrosse player of all time, John Tavares. What are the things you've learned from him that have most correlated to your game today? That's a tough question. Uh, he brings he brings so much to the table, uh, and um, I think I think we learned so much from him um, at practice in games um, to kind of find that proper balance, uh, especially being an old guy of um, intensity, but still kind of enjoying the sport. And having fun with it as well, um, I think I think that definitely trickles down from him as well. Um, and then when when it comes down to it, he just he preaches confidence and uh, stick to what you do and, and and be a great team team guy. Like he doesn't no, nobody wants to see somebody who's just out there to get their points and uh, shooting the ball, not sticking to the game plan, whatever. Like where we've kind of built this whole offense over really. Um, no, no matter who you are, you're going to go in and set a pick for something. You're going to go lay your body on the line and try try and get your get get your own guy open. So um, I I think he deserves so much credit for what he's gotten out of every single player because um, we have a lot of guys who are pretty big names on for for us, right? So 
uh, to get everybody to come come together on the same page, I think it's uh, it's kudos to him. Speaking with Josh Byrne, and obviously, Josh, I know the the focus is on the NLL championship, and, and, and no question about that, but we don't know when we're going to get another chance to talk to you. You're such a good, hard guy to run down. I can't believe you almost big-timed me, by the way, uh, and sent me through your PR agent at the Buffalo. Man, oh, man. Uh, I'm just, oh, man. I'm just hey, kidding. Hey, she, 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 she gives me a hard time. Yeah, I know. I know. I usually get a free pass. I, I'm not going to you know sit here and knock <laughs> my own horn, but I usually get a free pass with the boys. Uh, uh, obviously, uh, the PLL, Josh, uh, something we want to talk about. I, I want to see you back in the swamp in a Burnaby Lakers uniform. I don't know when that day is ever going to come around again, but uh, just talk about how pumped you are to, to get out here with the, the chaos, man. I'm looking at this roster, and I think uh, I think the, the chaos are going to be my team. I, I like the look of this roster. Uh, how far up are you to, to, to play in the PLL? Yeah, obviously it's a pretty exciting time, and um, really we're just trying to focus on this, this, this next coming weekend, but um, at, at, at the same time, uh, you, you definitely can't help but be excited about a, a different league coming in and um, really just boosting the overall look of lacrosse. And I think it's going to do nothing but help every every other league that's around, whether it's MLL or, or it's the NLL. Um, I, I, I think uh, Rabel has a great sense of business and marketing, and the way they're doing it is just uh, it's, it's, re- it's really cool to watch. Remember back to when uh, you guys were in Saskatchewan. I had a chance to sit with you during the shoot around, and you were um, all hyped about this vlog that you're going to put out. And you put out, I think, about three episodes. Love them because you, you know, you don't you get that interesting player perspective. Are we going to get to see more of these in the future? Yeah, um, right now I'm kind of just uh, trying to put that on the back burner, especially get into playoffs and whatnot. I've, I've also had a couple of technical difficulties. Um, with my mic set up uh, and, and, and the camera. And well, I, maybe I, we can help I'm, you out. Now. We might be able to help you out here yeah. on the cross class fight. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm using the Rode mic uh, set up with a Sony A6400 camera. And uh, for whatever reason, I get like halfway through, like I'm shooting, I'll, I'll, I'll be basically, I'll, well, I'll, I'll, I'll be editing videos and it basically just cuts off out of nowhere. Okay, and okay. The sound just stops. I don't, I don't understand what's going on. Well, we're going to get... We got lots of lots of techies, I'm sure, that are tuned in here to Lacrosse Classified, Josh. Uh, if you want to help out, Burnsy, with uh, Burn TV... What, now, tell the folks where they can find this. Uh, it's Burn TV 22 or something like that? <laughs> no, it's, um, it's, it's, it's just Josh Burn 22. Okay. Uh, on YouTube, it's just, it's just straight up Josh Burn. But uh, I, I did kind of make a... Big Instagram page called Burn TV a couple years ago. So okay, okay. Maybe okay. Well, I'm getting a little, I'm getting a little ahead of myself. But if anyone can help out Josh <laughs> Burn with his camera issues, uh, make sure you you get in touch with him. Slide into his DMs there and uh, help my help my boy out. Josh, uh, hey man, best of luck in game number two of the NLO finals. Really appreciate your time here on Lax Class and uh, see if you can force that thing back to Buffalo in a couple of weeks. Yes, sir. Hey, thank you so much for having me, man. I really do appreciate it. Our pleasure. That was Josh Byrne of the Buffalo Bandits. Uh, We're going to take a quick break here on Extreme Threads, the cross-classified, and then we're going to go to the west, oil country, Calgary, Alberta, and talk to the captain of the Roughnecks, Dan McRae. That's next here on Lacrosse Classified on the Lax All-Stars Podcast Network. 
Pure Vita Labs is proud to bring you the highest quality sports supplements on the market. PVL products are 100% all-natural with no artificial flavors, colors, or sweeteners. And the entire line is also Informed Choice certified. We designed all our products with the athlete in mind. We look forward to being a part of your athletic achievements, helping you push the bar higher, win at the highest levels, and set personal records for years to come. Hey, this is Pat Coyle, head coach and general manager of the Colorado Mammoth. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified on the LAX All-Stars Podcast Network. Welcome back to Extreme Threads Lacrosse Classified. Jake Elliott, Evan Schemenauer with you. Uh, thanks to our friends at Pure Vita Labs. Uh, cranking things up for the summer season. Make sure you check out their supplements. They are pro-choice certified, all-natural and the best in the business, find them at pvl.com. Anything else would be unsportsmanlike. Uh, speaking of a sportsman, we got one on the line here, I believe making his very first appearance on Lacrosse Classified. It is the captain of the Calgary Roughnecks, one sexy Dan McRae. Dan, thanks for doing this. Yeah, thanks for having me. Hey, Appreciate the intro. Yeah, no, no problem. You got uh, you got a bunch of handles. You got like Basement Dan Nation, Handsome Dan, Sexy Dan McCray. Where all these things come from? I know your boy Crappy and, and Mac like to give you uh, the gears, but where where all these handles come from? Let's start there. Uh, you know, Jake, I can't take credit for any of those. Uh, like any good nickname, right? You can't uh, can't make up make them up no, by yourself. So absolutely, absolutely. Whatever they come at me, you can't fight it. You know, that's uh, then they usually stick. So they've been evolving uh, over the course of the career. So <laughs> okay, uh, I'll leave it at that. Okay, okay. I, I'm sure there's a, a new one that I haven't heard yet that I'll look forward to uh, down the road. Dan McRae, uh, you scored your very first playoff goal, if I'm not mistaken. You picked a pretty good time to do it as you guys win Game One of the final on the road uh walk me through the big goal but more importantly walk me through that win that was a big one for you guys yeah yeah that was massive um you know going into a, a tough barn there in uh, in buffalo uh playing against uh you know a team that had the you know the best record at, um in the analogy in the regular season yeah you know not by chance so they're they're a very uh, highly skilled team uh, packed full of talent from uh, from the net out so um, I thought we followed our game plan, uh, very well, you know, uh, uh, coach, uh, Malosky mouse is, uh, one of the best, uh, lacrosse minds, uh, probably the best that I've ever been around. So, uh, he put a good game plan uh, forward for us and I thought we executed, uh, very well. Um, you know, they made a, a really uh, tough push there towards the end, um, and got their transition going, but, uh, I think it's just going to be a, a war of whoever gets, you know, can execute and, uh, you know, play their type of game is, is kind of what's going to be happening in this uh, next game or two. But, uh, but yeah, like you said, I don't, I don't know on that goal there is just, uh, it was a quick, big, uh, big stop and transition by Christian at our end. And then, uh, the ball started kind of, you know, started going the other way and I was making my way off and then thought, uh, it was probably quicker to just go the other way than to go all the way back to the bench. And, uh, uh, Reese Callies brought it over the line and just uh, he made a great pass there and uh, I don't know watching the replay with the guys I think this the ball might have got stick checked out of my stick or I don't know if I shot it or what happened but, top uh, corner man <laughs> yeah, we got to tell the, the the grandkids that was a seed on the run top corner first playoff better. goal yeah I mean you're in the finals uh, and that was really Dan <laughs> like that was a, a big goal in a big moment like kind of early in the third quarter there to kind of get you guys started on that run uh, to get you that lead that you needed. 
Yeah, um, you know, they like Buffalo is a great transition team, so um, they they can push the ball with the best of them, as well as you know they have a ton of snipers up there. Uh, but for us, you know, uh, we've we've always thought whenever we can contribute out of the back end, it uh, it usually helps spark our offense a little bit. Uh, you know, I don't know if it helps you know relax them a little bit here and there, but uh, we're just a you know just a we contribute by committee out of, out of our back end. We have so many guys that can put the ball in the net back there, like Zach Courier, Tyson Bell, Mitch Wild, uh, and a ton of other guys. So uh, you know, I guess it was my turn. It's been uh, nine years in the league, or however many in playoffs. So lucky that the first one uh, came in that moment. So beautiful, hopefully we beautiful. can find, maybe find another one if need be uh, next week. Story of the game, of course, was Christian Del Bianco. Um, you know, the rebound control was unbelievable. Seemed to be getting in people's heads. He just was a brick wall all night. Evaluate his performance from your perspective. He is, uh, yeah, he's he's kind of just he's the piece that allows us to play uh, the defense that we do. Um, you know, and kind of dictating where we want shots to get go from. Uh, not exposing ourselves uh, in certain situations and positions on the floor. Um, so he, he's uh, he, he's our guy. He's he's the one that you know can allow us to do the things that we we can go out there and do. And real, real, realistically, it's just limiting what we what we need to do is kind of a better way to put it. But yeah, you talk about it whether it's rebound control, uh, just how much how much volume or square footage he seems to just take up in that net. Uh, you know, his hustle, um, you know, even running out and grabbing loose balls and then, you know, throwing passes on the run if need be. Um, you know, he's uh, he's a backstop back there and then he can be the one who sparks transition going the other way. So um, we have all the confidence in the world uh, in Christian. You know, he's going up a, against a very, uh, a bunch of tough opponents and their shooters and a tough, uh, you know, comparison in, uh, in Matt Vince there at the other end. But uh, uh, we like the guy uh, in our net. And like I said, we have all the confidence in the world in him. Speaking with the Calgary Roughnecks, Captain Dan McRae. And, and while we're talking about other guys, Dan, and a guy that you've been around uh, for a long time in that Roughnecks organization, that's the guy that's going to win the MVP at the end of the day, Dane Doby. Uh, another six points in game one of the finals. And, and just what he's been able to do all season long with no Dixon, no Berg over there, no King for a long, long time. And he just continued to kind of carry the team on his shoulders to do it at the age and how deep he is into his career is, is just phenomenal to watch. Um, and, and to go along with it, his leadership skills on that Calgary bench, we've kind of heard things with players being mic'd up and some of the things he said, like he's, he's taken his game on the floor to another level. And I think he's taken his leadership role to another level. Am I correct on that? Yeah. 100% accurate kind of on everything there. You know, as you're kind of just talking about his play on the floor, um, you know, the first thing that comes into my mind, I want to say is just making sure that, you know, uh, you, you touch on what his, uh, you know, in the locker room presence is, but you, but you did, uh, already you hear some guys talk about it, but, um, you know, Dane, Dane Doby is kind of like what the epitome of a Calgary roughneck is to me. He's, he was there before my time, you know, he, he won a championship in 2009. Uh, he had a lot of great influences, uh, from the guys on that team, Josh Anderson, Tracy Kaluski, you know, Caleb Toth. And then even playing with uh, with our head coach there, Kurt Miloski. Um he's a, he's an ultimate competitor. He's a warrior. He pulls the best out of guys. Uh, you know, not from just the words that he says, but by you know the actions that he shows on the floor, and uh, just by the amount of heart that that he plays with. Uh, like you said, every year you think might be the year that he slows down, and he just keeps getting better and better. So. 
uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know what's what when he is going to slow down, if ever. But uh, man, has he ever been a pleasure, you know, to watch? And uh, uh, I've said it before, uh, you know, he's a guy that uh, I continue to learn from. Not not watching him on the floor, but just uh, you know how he uh, conducts himself uh, within a group of men, and uh, you know how he can motivate and lead as well. It's uh, it's been a great help for uh, you know a new captain like myself in this team, and uh, we kind of you know just we have a leadership uh, you know committee or leadership group with our team. So yeah. Uh, uh, you know, at times it's it's just different guys, you know, you know, taking the reins of that. So, uh, Dane's obviously, you know, one of the leaders on the offensive end, but he's also he's just a leader for for our entire group. So, um, I can't can't say enough good things about Dane, what he's done, you know, obviously over the course of his career, but this year especially. Yeah, well, I'm glad you brought that up uh, as we speak with Dan McRae. Look, sounds like he's a pretty decent coach uh, as well as he's got his junior Thunder out to a six and one start uh, in his first year behind the Thunder bench. But uh, you mentioned being a new captain, Dan, and it's a, it's a unique situation in Calgary there with you becoming the captain. You look at Dane Doby, probably a guy that could have slapped a C on it and nobody would have blinked an eye, but you get the captaincy, but what, what made it unique is that they took it off somebody that you're a teammate with in, in Carnegie and put it on you, and that's sometimes not an easy thing for a dressing room or a locker room to get through, but the Roughnecks have seemingly made that transition seamlessly. Um, take me through that process, kind of how it all played out, and, and I'm sure Carnegie was good about it and, and you knew how to handle it, but that's that's not something you see all the time. Usually when you see a captaincy change hands, it's because somebody's retired or, or been traded, and, and they decided to make the switch and, and name you the captain. How'd that dynamic work? Uh, yeah, you know, it was just a, it was a decision by uh, the management uh, and coach staff, so uh, obviously anytime, you know, you want to, somebody offers you that position, you're, you're very honored. And, uh, you know, so, uh, um, I don't know, it's just for as much as the process, you know, I spoke with Mike, Mike and I have a great relationship. Uh, you know, he's a guy I looked up to and, uh, you know, kind of even before my time with the Roughnecks, uh, you know, watching him play Brampton senior a. So I got a lot of admiration and respect for Mike Carnegie, not just for the lacrosse player that he is, but for, uh, for the man that he is. Um, he's, you know, he's a great family man as well. He's got, a, uh, you know, uh, just a, a great, uh, great family around him. Not, you know, his direct family, but his mother, mother and father, his brother. So, um, I, again, I can't say enough good things about Mike, uh, what he's taught me, but, uh, I'm still learning from Mike, you know, different situations. It's great. I like how, you know, it's great having him there. You talk about how it might be a detriment yeah, to a situation yeah. like that, but I, I think uh, it's it's brought a lot of value for I don't know not not just myself, but I think even just our uh, our leadership group. Uh, you know, guys like Greggy Arnett having him around, even you know, sure. he's a resource that we can go to and talk to about certain situations. So, um, you know, it's it's not much of a process to talk through. I think uh, it's it speaks to the the job that Mike and uh, and even guys before Mike like Andrew McBride we still have that core group of guys that have been around for a long time sure uh, like nine years like myself uh, like Curtis Dixon you know Curtis Manning's been there before that Dane Doby so there's a core group of guys that have had great leaders um, so we're, we're it's it's all done by committee in our group honestly you guys take turns you know seeing what they need to say in the locker room uh, you know, Chad Cummings does the same, whether it's Christian needs to say something, it's, it's great just having that open forum, uh, and guys just have a, a, a high level of respect for everyone. So, um, that speaks to, yeah, like I said, the job that, uh, all the leaders have done before that and, and the coaching staff as well. So it's a great group to be a part of right now. Um, 
and uh, and we're looking forward to, to the challenge ahead there next week. A bit of an unusual year. Um, contract holdouts. Jesse King goes down with an injury-free season. Now he comes back, and we've said this a few times, and we had him on last week and bugged him about it. You guys haven't lost since he's got back in the lineup. What has changed the dynamic of the team since he got back that has caused this winning streak to happen? It's all Jesse King, yeah. right, Dan? It's been all <laughs> Jesse King. That's it. That's it. I've been a Jesse King fan for a number of years now. Uh, since probably, I think it was 2013 was the first time I got to see it firsthand when uh, I was playing for Victoria and we were, we were hosting uh, Six Nations in the Man Cup. And Jesse was still playing Junior A, but uh, he came up and played for us there. And first time playing for us in the Man Cup, and he scored a natural hat trick in the game winning goal. The natural was a was a was a behind the back, yeah. So it was absolutely insane. So, you know, I'm not surprised that uh, you know what Jesse's doing uh, on the floor, um, but I was definitely you know chomping at the bit to see him do it uh, in a roughneck uniform uh, since since we got him in the trade. So. Uh, what is he doing specifically? It's, it's, it's really tough to pinpoint because, you know, if you talk to any of those, uh, offensive players that he's playing with, it's, it's the little things that he does so well, like, exactly. you know, getting his guys into space when he's off ball, uh, setting great picks, uh, across name bars on guys back, right as the ball is getting delivered to, to the swing guy, uh, cutting through the, the middle and keeping his stick out in front of him. Like he said, Dobie's behind the back pass to him on, on one of his goals there. Uh, in our last game. So he just, he's so technical, technically correct in everything that he does. And, and he's one of the hardest working guys on and off the floor, uh, as well. So it just raises, uh, you know, everybody's compete level anytime that Jesse's competing uh, on your team. Last one here for you, uh, Captain Dan McRae. And, and I know the focus is, is clearly on game two of the NLL finals, but, uh, you, you mentioned the Shamrocks. I'd be remiss. Uh, our, our good friend Jim Els is, uh, saying the Shamrocks are loading up and players are coming, but he won't divulge, uh, any information. I know you are one of his favorite players, uh, by a wide margin. Uh, can you give us a scoop on, on what the plans for Dan McRae is, uh, for the upcoming summer season? <laughs> I cannot confirm nor deny any rumors okay. that uh, okay. or, or statements said by uh, my my good friend Jim Ellis, but uh, uh, I'm uh, I'm coaching the you know, Burlington Chiefs here in the uh, Ontario Junior A loop. Okay, um, so looking forward uh, to our season there. We had, we had a pretty good regular season and uh, didn't have a great playoff uh, run last year, so we're looking to build uh, off of the, the the momentum that we had last year. So my uh, my first first job here uh, in the summer, once Roughnecks is all wrapped up, uh, will be uh, yeah being the coach of the of Burlington Chiefs. Sometimes you got to get there and then and then you got to fail before you get back and and have some success, right? That's kind of how it works. That's it. Yeah, yeah. We got a great group of, of players that, uh, you know, you'll be seeing a lot of the names come through the draft. You saw, you know, Chris Bushy, uh, what he was able to do. You know, jumping into the NLL, he was playing for the Chiefs last year. You'll see names like Ryan Smith, Callum Jones, Ryan Lanchbury, uh, Stephen yeah. Lee. Nice. Yeah, Stephen Lee being on the Colorado Mammoth. So right. a lot of uh, a lot of big prospects that will be coming out of the, the Burlington Junior System here in the near future. We'll be looking for it, Dan McRae. We'll also be looking for number three come Saturday night from Calgary. I know it's going to be a packed house there at the Saddle Dome. Best of luck in Game 2 with uh, you and your Calgary Roughnecks, man. Thanks for doing this. All right. Thanks, guys. I appreciate you finally having me on. Yeah. Nine years, eh? Don't be a t- <laughs> nice parting shot. Don't be a stranger. We'll have you back on in short order, uh, Mr. Captain Dan McRae. Thanks for doing this, man. 
Perfect. Thanks, guys. All right. That was Dan McCray. He wears the C for the Calgary Roughnecks. Uh, scored his very first playoff goal. Does it in the finals, Evan. It was a big goal in that game, and Always really been a big Dan McRae fan. He's one of those kind of smooth players that makes the game look a little bit effortless at times. And maybe it's a name that doesn't pop out all the time, and that's actually a good thing for a defender. When your name doesn't show up on a frequent basis, it means you're doing things right. Yeah, yeah, and, and like, honestly, that's a that's a bigger deal than he really made it out to be, to, to take a captaincy off of an active roster player and put it on another player, that's not an easy decision, I know, for Mike Board and Kurt Malowski to make, but obviously it was the right one for whatever reason that they made it. Because just look at what the Calgary Roughnecks have been able to do with Dan McRae. And I'm not you know, going to say it's all Dan McRae because he's the captain here, but a little change in leadership, uh, maybe a different voice there, and, and kind of got things pointing in the right direction here for Calgary. And here they are, just one game away from winning an NLL championship. Yeah, and, you know, like you said, that goal really was the catalyst to get Calgary motivated, and then the Dane Doby show started. So that's literally, it was his goal followed by the Dane Doby show. That was the difference in game one. You betcha. Well, we will see both Josh Byrne and Dan McRae come Saturday night face-off in game two. Don't forget, you can check out all the action on BR Live, uh, presented by Michelob Ultra. Our boys, uh, Evan Sherman, our Teddy Jenner will have the play-by-play duties, and our man Brad Chancellor will be on color. We'll look forward to uh, Jenner and Chancellor uh, doing the broadcast along with Ashley Docking and, and Kayla Spice. Or Spice, excuse great, me, Kayla Spice. It's great, we got the president. It's great we got the president of Germany <laughs> coming on the front. <laughs> of course, we're just giving our, our buddy Brendan Glasheen a little bit of a uh, little bit of jabbing here. As uh, uh, listen, I, I will say this: uh, in Brendan's defense, it took me the better part of about two years to put, uh, pronounce Brad's last name properly. Challenger, Brad Challenger. Uh, the way Brad says it, he says it's Challenger without the G. So if that helps uh, you out there, Brad Challenger. And Teddy Jenner will have the call. Kayla Spice, not Spice, uh, along with Miss Ashley Docking, uh, will have the call for Game 2. And we will make our picks. Evan, last week we didn't even talk about uh, Stampede Tax, who we had, uh, because it was just the one game and it totally slipped my mind. But in that Game 1, I took Buffalo, you took Calgary. I had the two-game lead, if you recall. So now that lead is down to one with two NLL games remaining potentially in the the season here. So uh, when we come back on the other side here, we'll get into Stampede Tax, who you got, uh, and we'll make our picks, and uh, we'll jam a couple of other things in before we let you get on your way here on a Tuesday. This is Extreme Threads, Lacrosse Classified on the Lax Stars Podcast Network. Serving the business and sports community since 2018, Extreme Threads provides custom design apparels around the world. Specializing in lacrosse, they deliver exceptional quality and service, customizing box and field team apparel and uniforms. Extreme Threads offers free design work and takes the time to ensure you get exactly what you need for your team or club. Contact Extreme Threads at sales at extremethreads.ca for your custom apparel needs today. Hey, this is Andrew Suter of the New England Blackwolves. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified on Lax All-Stars Podcast Network. 
Yes, you are back. This is Lacrosse Classified. You just heard it right there. Our title sponsor here on Lax Class. ExtremeThreads.ca is where you can find them. Customize your team with Extreme. Randy Connor Clough, uh, my guys over there at Extreme. They also coach the Bantam A1 boys team for the Coquitlam Adnacks. I know they were in the High Act tournament over there at Queen's Park Arena, and apparently they were in the gold medal game as we record lacrosse classified today. So good luck to the Bantam boys, the A1 Bantams uh, from Coquitlam as they go for gold at the High Act, the prestigious High Act tournament in New West. Uh, I remember the days, man, of like the tournaments as a youth, uh, going around, you know, you go over to the island, get to spend a night over there with your team. Some of the best memories ever um, playing in minor tournaments, uh, Bantam, Pee Wee, even Midget, uh, you name it. I know they're going to do the big pancake day there in Coquitlam as well, time-honored tradition. Uh, all the minor kids go for their pictures. They get their pancake breakfast uh, from the junior team. It's pretty cool to watch. Um, welcome back, by the way. It's Jake Elliott, Evan Sheminar. Thanks to Josh Byrne and Dan McRae for stopping by. Uh, game two comes up on Saturday, Evan. We mentioned it. I'm still one ahead here in Stampede Tax. Who you got? Uh, they are your complete source for boots. Check out the huge selection of cowboy, blundstone, CSA-approved boots. They ship Canada-wide, located in Cloverdale. Shop online at stampede.ca. Shopping online, still shopping local. I actually made my way out to the old uh, roadie there in Cloverdale over the weekend, Evan. Longhorn Saloon, Washboard Union playing uh, at the Longhorn there. It was uh, always a great time out at the rodeo, and... Uh, big presence there, of course, with Stampede Tech and Western. We're uh, doing big business at the rodeo. I, you don't really strike me as a rodeo guy, though, Evan. I go to it the odd time. There's a fair number of them around here, chuck wagon raises or things like that. But as as much as my family had a farm, um, we were much more grain farmers than mm. horse people, and that's kind of why. Well, I wore my most country shirt that i own and that was uh my saskatchewan rush we love farmers with the tractor on the front uh so thank goodness i had that uh, anyways good time out at the rodeo big thanks to our friends at stampede tech western wear and over there at extreme threads find them at sales at extremethreads.ca sign your team up get free stuff it's that simple do it extremethreads.ca Jake, Evan Schoenar, we mentioned that game two Saturday night, uh, I guess, Evan, because I'm still one ahead, you get to, to host who we got. I thought because you did better the previous week that maybe I would get to host, which would have put a lock on this thing because I could have just picked whoever you picked and and sealed the deal here this week. But uh, you're telling me that's not the case, that you get to host because I'm still ahead I'm in the behind. standings. Yes, because oh. during that... 10 12 week run where you mm. hosted consecutively i think you 10 or 12 now you're weeks. now you're pushing it to 12 weeks uh, i i <laughs> i don't think it was anywhere near 10 and it definitely was not near 12 so just pump your brakes on that one a little bit there big rig well it was a long damn time <laughs> i'll give you like seven potentially eight uh weeks if we'll go back and check the game tape but yeah it was a long time point is right now however evan is that i am in the lead when it matters the most during the finals that's when you want to be picking things right during the finals uh so i'm in the lead you do your thing here let's go pretty simple buffalo calgary it's it it's at the scotia bank saddle this time 
Can Chris and Del Bianco put on another performance like that? Who you got? Oh, this is a really difficult pick for me because I th- I had Buffalo in game one, and then I really thought Calgary was going to win this game, game two. So really, that shouldn't change my mind that they were going to win game two. And I never like to like predict the future uh, because something like this could happen, and it, and it makes me think, like, is Buffalo just going to bow out of this thing? in two straight are they are they not going to try and do they work all season long for that home floor and not going to take advantage of it in game three can del bianco shut down smith and evans and burn and small again keep them under 10 goals because i think if calgary is going to win the game again they're going to have to keep buffalo under 10 again because i think calgary is going to have to work real hard to get to 10 just like they did in game one so that's where I have a hard time here. Can Calgary keep Buffalo under 10 again? That's where I have to make this decision, Evan, as I continue to stall here before. The other thing I have to think about is is who do you want? Because I know I'm you're going to just both, you're going to pick the opposite. You're just going to pick the opposite. I'm good with both teams. I know. Well, that's that's the problem. So you're in a, almost in a better spot than I am. You're forcing me. To make this pick, I, I again, I said it off the top. I think if Calgary is going to win this championship, they're going to have to do it here in Game Two on their home floor because I don't like their chances if they go back to Buffalo to win another one there. But I also said at the beginning of the playoffs that Calgary was my team to beat, so I'm going to stick with the Roughnecks here in my prediction that they would win Game Two. Give me the Calgary Roughnecks. Forces me to take the Buffalo Bandits because there might not be a game three. That's the, that's the key here. But mm. I'll make the case for the Bandits here. Calgary, I think, has more pressure in this game now than Buffalo does. Yes, Buffalo has to win to stay alive. But Calgary is coming home. This is their big chance. And can they withstand that pressure of we're going to, you know, you're going to win a championship if. You win this game on your home floor too. On your home floor, but I, yeah. I I will disagree because I think that the pressure of knowing your season could end with a loss is greater than the pressure of knowing you could win a championship if you win the game on your home floor. So I'll, I'll disagree with but, you there, but I know you need to to make a case here so you have some belief going into this game that the Bandits can do it. No, but the thing is, Buffalo played its worst offensive game of the year. Mm-hmm. Last game, or or up. did Calgary play their best defensive game of the year? Oh, I mean, Chris and Del Bianco played the game of his career, but that's a different story, right? It's uh, it's it's not yeah. really a different story. It's kind of the same story. Yeah, but I mean, at the end of the day, whoever you had picked, I'm not. I wasn't going to be disappointed with who I had to take. Yeah, because. It's it's that close. It really is. But we, it really is. But I mean, it could go either way. The, but let's put the line back on where it was last week. Twenty and a half. Mm. Did game one change your mind where game two will go? Yeah, it did. It did because I just I I just think these two goaltenders and, and Vince and in particular Del Bianco over the last month, five weeks or whatever it is. Uh, has taken his game to another level. And these are the two best goaltenders on the planet right now going head-to-head. So sometimes I feel like 
off good offense will just beat a good defense on any given night. But if you can get good defense and good goaltending, then you're going to have a bit of a low-scoring game. So I still think that over-under number is, is probably right around 20 and a half. And, and I, again, I think if Calgary's going to win this thing, it's going to be like a, an 11-9, a 10-8, a 9-7 type of game. Yeah, I, I'm taking the under two. Yeah, it, it, I don't think Buffalo's going to score seven again. I, I, I would be stunned if that happened. Mm-hmm. I still think it, I still think you're looking at ten nine. So yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. It's going to be fun to watch. Uh, I'm actually going to be inside the Palace on Poirier in the broadcast booth. I am so so pumped. To finally do some play-by-play again, Evan. I don't. I can't recall going this long between doing. Yeah, I know I had the color gig with with the rush, but it's different <laughs> uh, doing doing play-by-play, and it's been it's been a long time uh, since I've done some play-by-play, and I am absolutely jonesing for it, man. I cannot wait. Um, with that being said, I'm going to be doing uh, the game in Coquitlam. Let me just uh, pull up who they're who they're playing. I believe it's uh, Burnaby and Coquitlam. Saturday night from the Palace, uh, it is indeed. Uh, that game is a 7 o'clock start. The game starts in Calgary at 6 o'clock, so laptop will be in tow, set up in the broadcast booth, and, and I think the last time I did that was 2016 between the Swarm and the Rush and I was literally doing play-by-play for both games during the Adnet game and when Cornwall scored that game <laughs> that goal at the end of regulation like I literally freaked out on the air uh, during the Adnet game so I'm probably going to do something similar to that again uh, you can guarantee I'll have one eye on it uh, no question about that as uh, the WLA season gets going on Thursday Evan it finally gets going Thursday I'm surprised you're not used to these breaks because most of your years with the Stealth, you were done. In yeah, April. but that's the thing. I would roll right into Junior A season with the with the Junior Thunder. As soon as the Stealth would be out, I'd literally go like four or five days, and then I'm doing. And plus, I was doing play by play for the Stealth, so there was no downtime whatsoever. Now I didn't do play by play for the entire NLL year, and there's no Junior Lacrosse. I had to wait until. The end of May. Uh, the last time I did the play-by-play was probably high school football in, like, November. So it's way too long is the point I'm getting at. But now, with all that, uh, I'm going to get a heavy dose here, Evan, with uh, WLA, Minor Nationals, and World Championships on the horizon. Uh, I'm definitely going to get my fill coming up this summer. Uh, so WLA season gets going. I know we we're going to try and get a preview in of that, but uh, we've run a little long here once again. So... Uh, that gets going next week. That'll give us a chance to kind of roll things out. And if you haven't heard, if you're if you're new, joining us here. We will be making a bit of a change on the podcast uh, in a couple of weeks' time, as my old buddy Brad Chancellor will Challenger will be coming back uh, to join me on the past. Evan will take a bit of a break, and we'll be talking lots of summer lacrosse here in BC in particular. We'll uh, I think we're going to try and line up an Eastern correspondent and have a regular check in with Junior A and MSL lacrosse uh, from back east as well. Lots of new things on the horizon coming up, uh, but we got to get to the end of the NLL season before we make that change. So a couple more weeks here with Evan Sheminar. We will keep it going, though, all summer long. Can't wait. 
Yeah, and well, speaking of the stealth, we were talking about them a minute ago. Oh yes, we got to get to this. Yeah, well, one we, more uh, thing, but one more thing before we get to this, sure. I just want to get uh, mention the junior aces, and it's it's been an interesting one here in BC so far. Langley Thunder. Uh, we mentioned Dane Doby, the head coach there in Langley. The Minto Cup is at the LEC, and right now the Thunder looking good to maybe play that Minto Cup on their home floor. Lots to be decided still, obviously, but six and one out of the gate here. For Langley, uh, four points clear of second place and undefeated, mind you, for the Coquitlam Adnax at 4-0. Uh, Victoria in third at 4-3. and three. And then you look in fourth place, and there are the Nanaimo Timbermen, 4-0. and oh. Evan, they did not win four games entirely last season. They are 4-0 and oh to start the season, mm-hmm. and uh, plus 15 to the good in goals for and against. Um, impressive stuff here for Nanaimo as they got a good shot to make the playoffs this year. And we actually saw something a little similar, not quite that substantial out uh, out in the uh, prairies here with the two Edmonton teams uh, in the Rocky Mountain League forever were dead last, and the only wins they would get were against one another. They merged this year, and they finally got a win against a non-Edmonton opponent. So yeah, and things that's, might be starting to look up. Yeah, that's that's encouraging. I think it was, you know, you, you hate to see contraction, but I really think it was the right decision there in Alberta to kind of strengthen that league, uh, strengthen that province, and and yeah, it, it gets real tired for those guys the year after year after year losing lacrosse games. It's 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 good to see those guys have some success, and and I think eventually they'll get back to those two teams. But for for right now, I think that was the right move for the Rocky Mountain Lacrosse League. Okay, uh, before we let you go here, and I don't even really know how this topic came up Evan or why we're even really oh, talking about it. it was it's just it like it's something that came up in our, in our kind of a chat group and it just kind of exploded a little bit and then when you actually take a look at this it's mind-blowing uh if you want to lay this out yeah what it was is that we keep talking week after week after week about Reese Dutch Calgary getting him for nothing and this kind of blew into a bigger discussion and and here's one other thing you we haven't discussed in the chat group. Not only did, Reece, did Calgary get researched for nothing, Vancouver just sat him this year up in the press box. They would have got a first-round compensatory pick out of it, so they didn't even get that. But Vancouver, and this is not only the Doug Walker years, but also the Dan Richardson years now has followed into it. This list of guys of that they've, got, they've released for nothing, and to be frankly honest, this team, I think, could beat Vancouver. Okay, and so let's let's yeah, down. let's let's do it. Let's do it quickly here, but just keep in mind that these are players that used to be part of the Vancouver franchise that were cut, released, uh you name it for not so nothing. They didn't cost the teams that picked these guys up anything to get these guys. So the two goaltenders, Zach Higgins and T Rich, defense Bradley Cream, Bill Hostrauser, Jay Burton, John Harnett, Lince, Wagner, Fournier, Hartzell, Miller, Cleland, and Bob Snyder. <laughs> it's the forwards that really stand out. Hickey, Kyle Buchanan, Dutch. A technicality here, but we included Casey Jackson because had they released Dutch earlier, they would have protected Casey Jackson, not lost him in the expansion draft. Wardle, Billings, Wittig, Saunders and Evan Messenger. This team 
beats the current Warriors team, in my opinion. It's it's debatable. It's it's definitely debatable. And and then we kind of took it a step further and, and looked at who the potential players turned into that Vancouver traded away their draft picks. Is that correct? They the draft picks they yeah. would have the players that they would have gotten had they keeping had they kept keeping had they kept their picks. <laughs> Yeah, and since 2009, Vancouver's had one first-rounder. Cody, Cody Bremner. Yeah, and he played, what, six games, and that was about the end of it. All the trades that they made over the years, we started looking back as to who got picked, and this this is a what could have been. Now, of course, they got some guys back for some of these, but obviously the, the trades make it look so one-sided, it's unbelievable. Here's the list of guys that were picked with the tr- the picks they traded away. Mark Matthews. Garrett you can literally stop right there, Evan. Like- yeah. <laughs> Jeremy Noble. Oh, let's go to the next one. Graham yeah. Hossick. Yeah. Right? So the best Ryan offensive Keenan. player and the best defensive player, essentially. Right. Ryan Keenan, Ryan McClellan, Travis Cornwell. And there's actually some of these guys that they traded the pick away. <laughs> the guy, the guy got drafted, and then they had to trade something to get him back. Yeah. Um, Travis Cornwall, Jesse Gamble, Brandon Goodwin, Tony Malcolm, Eric Fennell, Nick Tchaikovsky, Matt Gilray, Luke Van Sheppen, and there's still four more picks. Mm. The number four in this draft, the number 19 in this draft, around 19, got to wait for the compensatories. And there's two in 2020 and 2022 where they traded uh, – a second, they swap second rounders with Buffalo. So Buffalo gets the right, better of the two picks. Right, so. right, right, right. Yeah, it's going to be. Uh, speaking of the draft, it's it's going to be interesting to kind of see the projected top five. Who declares? Who's going to come out? Um, what teams need going into those those draft picks? Uh, I don't, there's definitely not like a clear consensus number one like there was with Austin Stotts. No, there isn't. And, I mean, the rush at four are going to get a fabulous player. We were looking at, you know, does Ryland Reese fall to oh, the number man, four? I hope That's so. a possibility. I, I, I hope he does. I, I so hope Ryland Reese falls to the Saskatchewan. I don't think he's going to. Um, he's that good. But we shall see. Uh, I think we're out of time here on Extreme Threads Lacrosse Classified, Evan. Uh, once again, a huge thank you to our sponsors at Stampede Tack and Western Wear, Pure Vital Labs, Associated Labels and Packaging, and our title sponsor here, Extreme Threads. Uh, to Josh Byrne and Dan McRae for coming on the show. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, people. Uh, you do that, and it gets delivered to your phone every single week. You never miss a show. You can follow us along on social media. If you ever want to get a hold of me, you can find me at PXP, the number four. Sports, PXP for sports. That's my Snapchat, Instagram, Twitter, Skype, uh, Xbox, Gamer, you name it. Uh, even my email, PXP for sports at gmail.com. If you want to send me an email, Evan is at ShemLax. The show is at Lax. Class. Uh, final thanks, as always, goes out to you, the loyal listener, for checking out Lacrosse Classified every single Tuesday right here on the Lacrosse All Stars Podcast Network. For the fastest game on two feet and for the creator, enjoy the NLL finals, everybody. <laughs>